Matt Yardley. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and this week I'm getting back into all the podcast episodes with the Wild Eye staff. Now, it's a busy week to start, we've got our strategy meetings and visions and looking forward to the future meetings, and I'm going to be starting, well, I'm going to try and wrap up all the remaining staff later in this week. However, I had to do one today, Matt Yardley is one of our guides, he's based down in Durban, in Belito, and he's up in the office today for the meeting, so I had to jump on the podcast with him. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Great guy, phenomenal guide, wicked sense of humor. Some cheesy, Matt, I'm going to not uh, lie to you. Some of them are quite cheesy, but he does it really well. Anyway, proud to have him on the team and hope you guys enjoy this one. Yeah, it's the good old days. Mark Gilman and who are those guys? Mark Uh, Mark Pilgrim, yeah. Okay, we've basically just started. How you doing, Matt? Oh, cool. <laughs> very good in yourself. <laughs> nice. In the office for a change, right? Yes, I am. It's very nice to be back. It's always refreshing. Always nice to touch base and be with the guys. How's life? Life is very busy. Very. Life has... There's a, there's a little... A smaller version of me running around now. Oh, heaven forbid. Yeah, I know. Two of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, the two of us will change the rotation of the earth, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um but yeah, I know it's been very busy. Um, it's been a good busy though. What's the best part about all the changes? The best part about all the changes is it's so, okay, get philosophical a little bit, yes, but go. it's not living for yourself. It's um, doing things for somebody else. Were you though? Was I? Living for yourself. Well, because as a, a guide, that's a bit of a contradiction, don't you think? It is a little bit, but I was uh, doing a profession, traveling a lot, and doing uh, the job of, you know, everyone said, your dream job. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, living the dream, so to speak. So, yeah. you know, that, I was living under that hashtag, you know, hashtag living the dream. And, um, you know, now all of a sudden there's something so much bigger than just me. Uh-huh. And I just love that. I love that I go wake up in the morning to provide for somebody else and that's uh for a little daughter now so okay. i love so that on the flip side what's the hardest part the hardest part is um well probably being away from them i suppose hey i mean the one thing that you're trying to provide for you're mm. being away from and i guess that's probably the most challenging thing in the same it's, it's now it's just now the hardest part is the work-life balance that's the hardest yes. part yeah i think even without the mini you injected into the system yeah it's still hard this is very true. Um, this is not to say that before um, my daughter' life was, well, the work-life balance was easy. It was very difficult even then. Um, in fact, I've even spoken to friends um, in the industry who aren't even married and say it's difficult um, sometimes oh, wow. to spend time with friends and family. And, you know, so it's it's... Interesting to hear that from them. Mm. <laughs> At the same time, I'm like, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, don't you talk to me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but now with the addition, it is even more so. Mm. But, you know, it, it, it fills my days up. I'm a kind of person who likes to be busy. Yeah, I don't like to lay around and do nothing. And, and being this kind of busy and having these kinds of challenges kind of, uh, yeah, it, it's, it seems worth it. It makes you feel alive. Has it changed the way you look at or feel when you travel? Yes. How? So you become more sensitive and more aware. Things that used to slightly bug you in the past are now becoming more so. So well, I think you, you touched, you always mention it. 
you say the pre-travel anxiety, mm. you know, that checking in, it's, so mm. that becomes amplified now. So your anxiety, like the day before a trip becomes amplified. You know, long queues in the airport now become amplified. It's Irritate like, you more. Yeah. So <laughs> you're now thinking, I've spent 15 minutes in this queue and I could have been at home with my kid. You know, <laughs> so these, thing, these things now become sensitive and become, um, you know, so much more obvious. And so that's, that's, what's, that's what's changed quite a lot. Does the flip side also apply that when you're in the field then with all of the extra anxiety and irritation and awareness that there's also more gratitude yeah. or is there a certain sense of regret no regret not so much um if i have to be honest brutally honest and i guess every guide has had this there's yes. been trips where things just haven't gone well for many 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 reasons sure and um you know then there are times when you're like well you don't even it doesn't feel worth being there at you have those dark moments. Yeah, is this worth it? Is this worth it? So yes, to a degree. But the regret, mm, the, yes, in those dark moments, yes. But what the gratitude side of things that you touched on is that becomes amplified. Everything becomes amplified. Time spent with your family becomes so much more, you know, I said this to my wife. Okay, I said something I've noticed about when I get back home, I travel four months of the year. If you add it together, mm. I'm away. Mm. when I'm home and I'm walking through the shopping center, you know, I'll see friends of my wife or friends of mine or friends of ours in the shopping mall walking past or even at the beach. When I see them, my heart literally fills with joy. I'm so excited to see that person. I'm like, hey, I almost want to grab them and say, let's go for a quick coffee. Mm -hmm. But all that happens is I notice that they just simply give almost a head nod. In some cases, it's like, a, hey, how's it going? And then they walk on by and I'm like, hey, you know. Yeah, hey, did you like, see me here? What, like, what, what, what's, going what's going on? You know? <laughs> Um, I find that so, so weird. And I keep saying to my wife all the time, I'm like, you know, people, I said, one of the best things about me traveling is that I get to come home and be so grateful of the ocean, you know, that I love so much. I get so, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to be able to have a shopping mall to even walk through and go and look for these things. Um, you know, there was a time that I lived in the bush for so long. I came home so little that a shopping mall was an outing for me. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an event. It was an event especially because uh, in the photography game, I could go and look for new toys. But, um, you know, I think for people who just do it daily, it's kind of, that's all worn off. So yes, there's a lot of gratitude that does come with it. It's an interesting dynamic to me. I spoke to, I've got one or two clients from a coaching point of view, and some of them, there's one particular chap who owns a safari company, international guy runs safari something. And it's very difficult. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. And, spoken to many guys within and without Wild Eye who has this. You go on your trip, you see all these amazing things. You laugh around the campfire, you wake up, you hear lions roaring in the evening. It's all great. And in between, I used to be like this as well. In the morning, quick phone call. Hey, how's it going? Everything cool. Come back from game to all, take a picture with Dixon at lunch stop. Hey, look, here's Dixon. Yeah. Come home from camp. Hey, how's everything cool? Okay, fine. We're going on game drive. Come home in the evening. Phone. Hey, sleep well. See you tomorrow. The double-edged sword there is it's nice to stay in touch, and I'm going to a question on this. Yeah. But then when you get home, you want that time off. However, there's no excitement because I've got nothing to tell you. Mm. So I've told you everything. So now I come home, and there's this, this, this rule book of human relationships that you were on a trip. You need to tell me stuff. But I've told you everything because we were speaking the whole time. Yeah. I was working with a therapist years ago, 
And then he said, you know what? Don't do that because when you come home then, there's something to be said for brand chemicals that gets released when you miss someone. But if you're talking all the time, you come home, it's flat. How does that change with having a youngster? Yeah, interesting. Does it make sense? I mean, you, mm. you get what I'm saying? So I know exactly what you're it's saying. It's a tough one yeah. because you want to share, oh my God, I saw a lion eat uh, impala. It was amazing yeah. and it was great, great, great. But when we get home, it's like, eh, now what? Yeah. I mean, I had a very interesting experience on that. So when I did the Pantanel, you know, it was the first time for me mm. being being out there. And the re, the re, cell phone reception was non-existent. Mm. So we had to rely on Wi-Fi. Yes. Which was, you know, bush Wi-Fi was better than that Wi-Fi. That oh, we wow. Had, you know, so, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we my contact with home was so, so limited. So we didn't have time to say... I mean, we could get as far as saying, how was your day? Good. Okay, good. Just that, know everything's fine. No that's stress. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to hear each other's voices for a little bit. So I couldn't really share all that much. I couldn't share a photo because it would just, you know. Yeah, it doesn't you'd, go. You'd get the wheel of death. And um, so that, I had that experience. When I came home, I, I, I wanted to just like, tell them every single moment yeah, that like, happened. Oh. Yeah. Whereas, you know. In the Mara, where I get hold of um, my family a lot, it's mm. it's very different. I don't really talk much about my mm. time when I'm home. So yes, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. And what I what I found with that Pantanal trip is um, getting home. It was it, it does fire you up, that's for sure. Mm. And um, yeah, shucks. So changing with a little one. Um, she, she, she's only five months old, so I haven't been able to tell her all that much. It's going to be a journey of change over the yeah, next few years. I'm hey? telling you, sure. I'm telling you. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one because, yeah, I don't know. I, how do you go about that? Um, right at the moment, it's, I'm in, still in survival mode. I'm, I'm just taking a day. Are you a little time. bit deer in the headlights still? A little bit. Uh, okay. With a, it's, I mean, you look great, but I'm just asking. No, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Face for radio. Um, so... I am. I am. I think that's what being a new parent is. First baby, first mm-hmm. kid. Like, we have no idea what we're doing, and uh, so yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> if you weren't guiding, what would you be doing? Sure. Nah, that's a good question. If I wasn't guiding, because you do some photography on the side, you do some surf photography. Yeah. What is your Instagram surf thing where people can go check it out? Surfyard SA at Surfyard SA. Go check surf it out. Some phenomenal SA. stuff on there. Yeah, thank you. So, so you do a lot of photography like yeah. that. But if you didn't, weren't in the guiding world, and mm-hmm. what doing what you what would you be doing? So I hesitate to think. Um, for the longest time, it's been the only thing I've known, travel. I've got a feeling that I would probably be, I mean, I do a lot of uh, real estate work from time to time, so I might have gone that route. Real estate work as in? Well, as an agent, uh, oh, okay, okay. A property agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what it's called elsewhere. Sell houses. A realtor. A realtor. Yeah. Um, maybe that. I, I started off my career in retail. And, um, oh, you were telling us a story over lunchtime, which shocked me to my core. What's that? <laughs> About the chicken. Things that shouldn't be repeated. <laughs> but oh, you're yeah. done now, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> You're Swiftly core. moving on. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, I, I shudder to think. Hey, I shudder to think. You know, it's a good. Que- it's actually a very good question because when I was, I was in retail. Mm. And I told the story on a recent, uh, on my website, I wrote a little piece about me, which I wrote as a blog form um about this very thing and it it i spoke about when i was in retail i had this major epiphany slash major panic attack all right when one of the vehicles was coming in for delivery i Mm -hmm. was meant to monitor this whole thing as a as one of the managers and um 
I literally threw the clipboard to my 2IC and I walked out. That's it. What, you just couldn't do it? Yeah, I just kept asking the question. I think that, that my 2IC, the, the second in charge there was just, stu- he was stunned because I kept saying, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Oh, my goodness. I barely remember any, any of this. But so that's why I say slash panic attack because mm-hmm. who knows what it could have been. Um, and I walked out. The very next day, I walked in with a resignation letter. Meet oh. effect. So first time I've ever done it, I've, you know, walked in with a letter, I resign now. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you very much. It's been great, but I'm oh, not, not great, but I'm going. Yeah. And I can't do another day of this. And I walked out. Um, and it's kind of like, now what? So I knew that I wanted to be in the bush. I knew. Like, it's just, that was just what I wanted to do. I didn't know where to start or what to do. So I went home and I lay on the couch the next morning and the next day and the day after that. And I was like, what on earth? Are we talking like fetal position, crying a little bit, stuff like that? And deep, dark, reassess life. 100%. Gotcha. Because I I was battling. How old were you at the time? I was was 25. Okay. I think I had long black hair. I've got a photo somewhere. If you're very nice, I'll give it I'm to you. I'm asking on behalf of the entire Wild Eye staff and everybody listening, please share that with us. I was like, you know that guy, what's his name? Billy Billy Joe from Green Day. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Is it Billy Joe? I you were looked, like that. I tried to, tried to look like oh, I was wow. nothing like that. I tried to I think we like should that. move on from this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so let's, let's go back. Yeah. Matt's on the couch, fetal position. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I He's had sleeping. To, yeah. I was hemorrhaging cash. I okay. was so broke. And... Um, I knew I wanted to work in the bush. I refused to take any other job, really. And um, so eventually, you know, I got put into contact with guys that I'm still friends with today. And mm-hmm. that, that literally changed the course of my life. And I went and I joined the and beyond uh, inquiry course um, with, or Pinder for people who might not yes. know that. And that course is intense. It's a selection course and only X amount of people make it through. Mm-hmm. And I went, I was so poor that I sold a guitar and a guitar amp to, for petrol to get there. Oh, wow. Like, that's it. So I said, I decided that this is me now. I'm giving it everything. I threw everything that I had at it, every single thing. And I decided that there is no plan B whatsoever. This is that, you know, that whole art of war. If you want to take the island, you burn the boats. Yes. There's no other option. Mm-hmm. And um, since then, and I was very lucky, I was very fortunate. There were 19 of us that started on the course and five of us only made it through. Sure. How long was the course? It was six weeks, phase one. Phase two was it varies i think all in all it took me about six months okay roughly. um and i've had that mindset since um the boats got burnt a long time ago so when you ask the question what do i do without this it's like i'm not sure so i'd like to think i'd stay in the travel industry um that was a very long answer but it, just to get my, my uh backstory in there it's uh it's been, i burnt the boats a long time ago 100 percent. would you agree though that i think there's a lot of guides going into the industry who feels that yeah. However, life happens. Yeah. And at some stage, I mean, I was, I was a lodge-based guide. I mean, yeah. managed lodges and stuff. And when you start there, let me tell you this. Yeah. Years ago. So we just decided to leave the lodges. Okay. Because we were going to start Wild Eye. And in the industry at that stage for like 15 years or whatever it is, and you lodges and this is the life. Yeah. And we had, John and I decided we were going to start Wild Eye. So the thing was going to happen. And we drove to Johannesburg to go and resign to the main shareholder. Wasn't going to do it on email. Wasn't going to do it on phone. We drove through into Andrew's office. We sat down there and was like, okay, this is the case. Sorry, but there's an opportunity. They're very nice about it. We recommend that Grant and Monique, who's still there now, they guys can take. Okay, that's cool. So then there's that time where there's like two or three weeks left before you have to go. And nothing's funny because you're basically, your head's elsewhere. You're there. You want to start, but you're not there. 
and I had a really shitty day with guests. You have those days as a lodge-based guide where you mm. just want to throw people into a herd of elephants, oh, one dude. of those. <laughs> and that evening we were going to go to Gavin and Heidi. They're still in Madikwa at Tuningi, just for a dinner and a kind of a leading up to farewell and whatever. So we arrived there and the new girl, Vilma, if you by chance listen to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, she just started in the industry, her and her boyfriend at the time. And they started as an assistant management couple. And this is their first job at a big five game lodge. And it's amazing and everything. So we stop at the bottom of the Boma, get off and walking up to the bar, for those of you that know Tuningi. And as we walk up, um, Gavin, hey, how's it going? Hug, shake. He says, hi, this is Vilma. She's new with us. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. It's so hard to get into the industry. And without thinking, because I'm in a shitty mood, I'm like, yeah, it's also very hard to get out of it. <laughs> and as I said it, I'm like, oh my God. And you can see her, she's like, but, but, but. Yeah. And in that moment, it was like, I understood what it is to be excited to get into something and how difficult it can be when the time is right to get out of it. Now, mm. for anybody listening, we're not saying anything here. This is just talk, <laughs> right? But the idea of change, yeah. and I know you and you myself, John, and we had a discussion earlier in the week about change. Yeah. And I think that's normal. Yeah. But I think a lot of the guides, they've burned the boats, but they're not willing to swim. Yes, that's the problem. That's the thing. It's and they get scary. stuck and they get miserable on the mm. island and so on and so forth. So it just it's interesting always to me what guides would do if they weren't doing this. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting. It's, thing. it's very interesting. You know, and one when I was um helping I used to help a lot with training guides. Yeah. Um and one of the things that I used to say to the younger guides a lot of the time was never give yourself more than two years in one spot. Never become stagnant. You said that to them. Yeah. Okay. Um because that's what happens. You like I've seen it so many times. People come into the industry. It's a, it is a tough industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's people oriented. No, so you're sure. not allowed to be upset or anything. You have to be happy all the time. We know we know what the problems are. Mm. But I used to say to them, you know, if you stay in one spot for too long, what you've just mentioned happens. Mm. You you get into this like washing machine where it just goes around and every day becomes the same. And you'll hear guards saying, uh, "Every game drives different. I love my job." Whereas inside, they actually, it's not true. It's not true. No. And no. I think that's what I did well. I, th I took my own advice throughout my own career. And I, the longest I ever spent in one lodge, I think, was about three years, roughly. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent a lot of time in the same company, mm. but I moved lodges. Sure, I got, sure, sure. I got a different... And that's what kept my passion alive. And then it just took one of my friends and colleagues... You know, I would, uh, if you had told me that I was going to be a photographic guide, I never have the confidence for that. I was too scared. Mm -hmm. We talk about swimming off the islands. We're too scared for change. Sure. I was in a lodge. I had, I mm. was comfy. And one of the guys who had guided a trip to Botswana with, he said, why don't you become a photographic guide with me? And I laughed and I said, I'm never good. At, I'm not good enough for that. You're joking. I said, I could never, ever pull that off. And he says, well, I want you to work with me. I said, well, well, okay. And that's all I needed. Um, it actually never transpired, but, um, you know, that was just that little was enough for me to jump off that island into the water mm. and start swimming again. I asked this, to, I can't remember who, I've done quite a few of these with the staff, but yeah. I asked someone, was it Trev maybe? I asked them, do you believe in fate and destiny? Mm. Like, for example, Star Wars, Luke, it is your destiny. Yeah. All that, right? Yeah. You're going to turn to the dark side. But me, I I do believe we have certain skills that's going to take in a direction. But the idea of destiny and fate, I would like to still have control over that. Yeah. However, if I look at my road from when I started studying sports psychology, where I'm now, and what's happened in between, you're like, mm, is there something to this? But still, you make decisions. Yes, yes. What do you think? Do you think there's there's a predetermined path that Matt's walking, or does he have choice? I think choice. I believe in choice. I believe in both. 
um, I believe that we are given a certain skill set and it's through our choices that we can maximize that skill set. Um, I would put it like this, um, and I hope this analogy works because I'm, I'm thinking of this on the spot. Okay. So if you find holes in it, then I forgive, forgive me, <laughs> bear with me. But it's like, the way I see it is like, we are all, we have all got capab the capability to climb to the top of Everest. Um, because we've got that mountain climbing skill set, okay? Mm. But we have choices on which route we take to get there, and some routes are better than others. Mm. Some routes might be so difficult that we give up halfway at base camp. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, we've decided that that's our journey, and we've enjoyed that life. It's mm -hmm. got a beautiful view, and we've enjoyed the experience. Um, but we are destined for a much higher peak to, you know, mm. that's what you're getting. So I do believe in both. I do believe that um, we do have a destiny and through choice we can achieve that or get at least close to it or not even close at all. One of the scariest quotes, and I've, I've mentioned this a few times on various platforms now, but is the, the real definition of hell is one day meeting the person you could have become. Yes, yes, yes. That yes. scares the shit out of me. I've just read that recently now. And then, I mean, because the idea of choice as well is, did you ever go for aptitude tests at school? Yes. Go and fill in this and ask you, what would you do? Rather mm. read a book or swim in the pool. It's like, duh. <laughs> but, but to ask you all these things, right? Yes. And I remember very clearly, I went when I was in standard eight, so that would be 10th grade and then 12th grade again. Yeah. And every time it came out with the same thing, but they didn't say to you, you need to become an electrician doctor. The skill set was that you need to work with people mm. And there needs to be a certain element of performance. Mm. Now, my grandfather was an opera singer. So performance, I'm thinking I must be on stage and sing, <laughs> heaven forbid. No, I can sing. No, but You've got the mark. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Are you guys ready? But, um, but, and it was that. It was working with people and some kind of performance. Yeah. Now, if you look at what guiding is, yeah. if I look at what personal training was, mm. if I look at psychology, life coaching that I'm doing now, yeah. there is a certain element of performance. Yeah. And Performance as well is not just perform, uh, not just singing. Yeah, it's also can you perform better as a human being? Can you perform better in your relationship? Can you perform better in your work? Yeah. So that thing's always been there, and I love the analogy of the of the mountain. Do you know who Anthony Bourdain was the no. celebrity chef, like kind of philosophical chef who traveled the world, food, da da da. Anyway, not this. He passed salt, to, not salt bay. Uh, salt bay. What, a, what an idiot! <laughs> did you see how he messed up his name at the World Cup? I did. What I a did. chop! How he messed it what up. You messed it up. I see what you did there. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, no, not Salt Bay. But Anthony Bourdain said something as well. Is And he was in a conference in, a, in an interview, and they were talking kind of about this because he was famous. He had these amazing quotes. Go look up his quotes. It's phenomenal. But there was something, and they were talking about the future and arrogance and how arrogance can sometimes take you down the wrong road because mm. I believe so, so, so strongly that I'm the best at this and I'm going to be this and I'm going to mm. get up the mountain. And he said something, and I, I heard this in the next few last few days, but it was something in the line of, and I'm paraphrasing, that he said, you know what, yes, I'm ridiculously arrogant, mm. but I'm also humble enough to know when I shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. And th that's probably two of the most extreme things, but if you can balance that, yeah. that belief in yourself, and also I think the road that you're walking, so mm. for you to go up your mountain, right? Yeah. You need confidence. Yes. I can make this. Mm. But confidence isn't looking in the mirror and shouting, I can do this, I can do this. Confidence is based on evidence. Yes, that's true. Stop, look back. Evidence gives you confidence. Evidence as in I've already made it halfway. Yeah. Evidence as I've still got food left to get up the mountain. Yeah. Evidence as in I'm those kind of things. So it's, it's a very yeah. interesting, and I agree with you. I think it's a bit of both. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's, that's it. And it's like, 
you can be arrogant enough to say, well, you know what? In my 36 years that I've been alive, I've already survived the toughest day of my life. Yep. I said that to one of my clients this morning. That oh, did you really? I literally <laughs> I said to her, think back to the worst thing that's happened to you in yep. the last five years. And you survived And she's it. like, oh, mm-hmm. another one, another one. Yeah, you still here? You survived it. You could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mountain might not be, uh, we've got different paths and you might have, sometimes, you know, you, you break a leg or a rock falls down and lands on your head. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, hello, 2020. Um, Gee, it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, that was an avalanche, but, you know, that happens. And I think it's that point, you know, to go back to your destiny and choice. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, you know, you can choose if that to you can choose that very moment if you want it to be your destiny right there. Mm. But just know that there's more. It's, I think it's also being open to change. Yes, yes, yes. If an opportunity presents itself, I do think you have to have your eye on the prize. You need yeah. to have a goal. Yeah. One, three, five, ten, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I like to have very big, ambitious goals and then break them down, but then but then feed my confidence through evidence yeah. as I'm moving towards that thing. It's very hard to say by 12 January 2026, I want to know in that year or by yeah. the end, that kind of thing. But yeah. the evidence builds confidence. Yeah. Um, but the idea of making choices, and again, this is another thing that comes up often when I'm working with people is choice. Yeah. You don't have to have that cake. It's a choice. Yeah. You can decide to get up. You can decide to make the call. You can decide not to answer the message or to answer the message. You can decide to arrange whatever it is, but it's all about choice. Yeah. It's all about choice. It's all about choice. I agree. I 100% agree. And I think with choice, um, I think what rings true is that often the most, the hardest decision always seems to be the best. I don't know. That just seems to be... The, say that again. The hardest decision? Always seems to be the right decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because what I mean by that is change is so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not, I don't think, there's not too many people that enjoy it. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It can get messy, but it's always the better. Yeah, that's the ego telling you, no, yes. we like the status yes, quo. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm. Status quo. Oh, there we go. Status quo. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's the most important thing is to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm. Um, getting to know that well enough. Yeah. That's, Do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Yeah, very much so. All right. Big he, fan. Yeah, huge. Mm. Um, did you listen to him on the, on the latest Rogan? Uh, I've missed his last... Now, in the last week, him and Rogan did another one. Yeah. He's on fire. I oh, mean, really? Proper. But he's got this one, one of his things from his presentations as well. Is he says, you know what? If you want to change, wake up in the morning, put your feet on the floor. Yeah. And sit and think to yourself... What is the one thing I'm doing that I shouldn't be? Yes. That's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And a lot of the time, that brings up some very dark shit for people. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's an addiction, whether it's hiding, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's understanding that you're not living up to your potential, whatever it is. But what is the one thing that you're doing that you shouldn't be? It's terrible. It's not a nice question to, no. to, to be faced with. No. And I think that is probably the most powerful exercise you'll ever do. Mm. I think. No, it is. Um because from that stems so much. And I think if you're willing to change that one thing, imagine what else you could do. Mm. Imagine, I was just, who said it now recently? Um, and they said, imagine, imagine sticking to one New Year's resolution you made this year. Mm. I, I, and they said it in, in a bit more of a profound way than I'm saying it. But what they were saying is that like, we all set these New Year's resolutions and we, it's mm. stressful. We try and stay to them by February, we out of them. And what they were saying is like, imagine you just, just did one. Mm. So take the pressure of all of them. Just choose one. So, and then another person then said, choose one word for the year rather than a goal, you know. Or like a theme. Like a theme. And I did that myself personally. And this I, year? Yeah, this year. What so is I'm, your theme? This year is, and you might laugh, but just hear me out. It's discipline. 
<laughs> not laughing at all. I yeah. think it's amazing. Because <laughs> now I'm just thinking like, what have you been up to, Matt? <laughs> but um, so Ryan Holiday has written a book called The Art of Discipline. Yes. And I love Ryan Holiday. I love yes. his thinking. He's very, it's very basic. It's, yeah. When you read it, you think, oh, this is such common sense. But, but it's all, it's all sorry, just for people that don't know, Ryan Holiday, he's, he writes about the Stoics and yes. Aurelius and all of them. Yeah, exactly. fantastic stuff. It's really, the Obstacle really is stuff. the Way is the new book. Yes, and he's also got Courage is Calling, yes. which is going to be my, maybe lead on to next year. Who knows? Okay. Um, because, and I don't know why I came up across discipline. Sometimes these things just get put onto your heart, you know, like, you know, it's just, it jumps out at you. And I just thought, I'm going to take, I'm not going to make news resolutions because we know what that, how that ends up. And it's stressful. So I'm going to make a New Year's word, you know, and I'm going to focus on that word and whatever it looks like, I'm going to mold my life around mm. that word. And it just so happened to be discipline. And I tell you what, it has really been a game changer for me. In what way? So after having read the book, you know, just, you know, he talks about how one would go around discipline. Mm -hmm. And if you want, tr and what basically what the theme of the book is, if you to sum, if I was to sum it up anyway, in my opinion, mm -hmm. what he says that if you really want true freedom, because I felt, especially oh, after Codem, uh, Codem, what's that? Codem. <laughs> Do you remember Codem in 20? Oh, the Codem pandemic. COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Where's that coffee? <laughs> um, so after COVID, we felt restricted we felt mm. trapped well I, 100%. I felt you know and i felt this lack of freedom because that's literally what it stole from us in, mm -hmm. in many 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 ways and i felt like this year was a year of breakthrough and i thought well what's the best way to get a breakthrough and i think that's maybe even how i ended up on the word discipline mm. because in this book and, and a lot of people will actually say a lot of the greats will tell you that if you want true freedom you've got to have discipline 100%. In your work, you got to mm. wake up, you got to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Two things come to mind. Number one, there was that famous, it, it, I see it every once in a while on Instagram, about this army general or whatever, and he does some acceptance speech. He says, yeah. you want to get discipline, make your bed every morning. Yes. It's that stuff. Yeah. Funny enough, I haven't put a word on it as such, but it's one of those things. Mine was just the one second decision and do the small things. Yeah. In one second, you can decide not to make your bed or to make it. Make it, done, make, make the decision. Mm. You can walk. In a second, you can decide not to open the fridge, yeah. to go and train. It's a second thing. Yeah. The second thing that comes to mind, and the discipline freedom thing is something that David Goggins has also shared quite a bit. Yeah. Now, he's extreme to the max. His book also, both of them actually pretty, the first one was called Unbreakable, I think. I don't know. But also yeah. good. David Goggins, both good books. But it's the same thing. Discipline gives you that because it takes away fear, takes away anxiety. Mm. People, discipline means you're going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't do. They sit and talk. That breeds anxiety. Yeah. Once you get to the point where you're anxious about it, then you become depressed about shit in the past. It's a mess. Yeah. Discipline's a great thing. It is. Discipline makes you move. Harder than you think. It's so hard. And that's why, you know, I started off with my discipline was, and that's why I'm so glad I chose a word for the year rather than goals. Because mm. as you know how that works out. So my discipline, I said, okay, <clears throat> discipline for this year, training. Body. I'm going to get my body right. How are you feeling? Can you do some squats for us, please? Uh, <laughs> Rather not. I'm so Aina. I'm so Aina for in translation is Aoi. Aoi. <laughs> it's a technical term. Yeah. It's a technical term. I'm so Aoi. I've just started with a new trainer on YouTube and I can barely walk. Um, so no. I thought you just had some swagger when you walked into the office. <laughs> no, I won't be able to squat, do squats today. But mm. no, I decided that my body is my first port of call. Um, and I'm going to put discipline in, around my body. And... You know, and so, yeah, I decided to do 200 push-ups a day. Mm -hmm. um, that was going to be my discipline, no matter how I felt and how I went. I didn't take into account um, that having a newborn and 200 push-ups a day and, and those long hours and work, it, it's uh, tough. But um, 
So instead of me giving up on my so-called news resolution of turning mm. push-ups, I, I didn't. I just re-looked at the word discipline. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's start with fifty. Let's just do fifty push-ups a day, mm. because that's fifty more than I did in the beginning of the yeah. year. It's still a discipline, and I'm going to build on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't fail or I didn't stop it. No. I've continued it just with a slight adjustment. I think I think it's a great idea because often when we put goals on ourselves, first of all, there needs to be mindset change for people. Yeah. Forget about goal setting and go for goal getting. Yeah. Your life will change, yes. number one. Yes. Number two, on things like that, I want to do X amount of push-ups. Mm. With a lot of my clients, and this is through various domains, yeah. right? One is better than zero. Yes. I promise you, every single day, focus on that. Yeah. And it's to the point like people can bitch him, I don't phone my mom enough, I don't speak to her. Well, you have a phone, don't you? Yes. If you, at the end of the day, you haven't phoned her, but you've been wanting to, but before you fall asleep at 12.72, at 27 minutes before 12 in the evening, send a message, hey, mom, thinking about you, I love you. You've moved the needle. If you move the needle, one is better than zero every day. People think you need to shoot the lights out every time with mental health, physical health, work, relationships, whatever the case is. One is better than zero. 100%. So if you add discipline to that, I think it's an interesting mix. You've got to win. I mean, the other one I'm doing is, in terms of body is I'm trying to take time off in the day. Do you know how hard it is for me, and I'll admit this, to sit and stare into space for 10 minutes? Can I give you an exercise? Try this. Yeah. I don't think you spoke about this. It's one of the, it's an exercise I do with some people, but the, the, the premise is simple. Go and find a spot outside in the evening, mm. outside, no phones, no people, no music, no wine, a, a, a notepad and a pen. Yeah. And you go and you put an, an hour on your watch. I know you've got to go. We're going to yes, finish this yeah. now. No, no worries. And for an hour, you just sit. Yeah. And it's basically taking your mind to a dog park like a dog, and you take the leash off and let it go wherever the hell it wants. I like that. If negative thoughts come up, because I promise you it will, write it on the piece of paper. Yeah. Okay. I've had people message me, some of my clients saying, I can't get past half an hour because my brain goes to all kinds of fucked up places that I don't want to deal with. But that's the point. It starts dealing with it. Yeah. So I'm the same as you. I, my brain goes in 27 directions every second. That's it. It's it, it's the same as, and the analogy here, uh, when you get butterflies in your stomach, yeah. you can't get rid of them. Just make them fly in the same direction. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's kind I of like that. Yeah, yeah. But no, that idea of being able to sit still and think, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. It is. Yeah. And those are the disciplines I'm trying to put in for the year because I think get those right. And I'm, I'm not choosing, I mean, I chose 200 push-ups a day. That was a bit ambitious. 50, 10 minutes. Mm. Start there. I know, especially because it's all in the books, it's all the great to talk about it. Mm. And I know that come the end of this year, that's going to spin off into my relationships, into my work. It's going to start building a base of which I can stand. People grossly underestimate the value of paying attention to your body. Yeah. Yeah. In every aspect. But yep. we'll leave it there because you have a meeting. Where are you going I now? Do. Quickly, what's the update? Uh, so, a bit of a sneak peek into Ooh. what's coming up Ooh. on the Wild Out front. I don't yes. know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to. Do it. Um, I'm going to chat with a print company uh, in the UK ah. because the Wild Out team is getting together and putting prints together for a very, very, very good call. If someone wants to know more, can they get hold of you? They can. Brilliant. They can. We are going to be pumping this out in the next month. Okay. So stay tuned, basically. And month, maybe two. Okay. Stay tuned. It's definitely going to be an awesome initiative. And it's the whole Wild Art Team collective effort. And these guys are going to help us achieve that. Phenomenal. So. What we'll do is when, when I'm back from the US and you've done and this thing's launched, yep. you and I can arrange a podcast to pick up on that and just discuss that. That'll be very, very good. Matt, awesome. Thanks. Thanks it's great too. having you in the office. Great having you in the team. Yeah, likewise. We'll do this again soon. Have a good one. I look forward to Cheers, it. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, Bye. Matt. Cheers.